1: Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss,
0: host of To Live and Die in LA. And I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about
1: a dangerous buy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Godzilla has remarkable staying power. Movies about giant monsters were a dime a dozen back in the 1950s. Yet while Atomic Age classics like The Giant Claw or The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms never garnered any sequels, Godzilla forged on. The kaiju made his cinematic debut in 1954. And since then, he's starred in more than 30 films spanning six and a half decades, with his newest debuting in March of 2021. The character's origin story keeps getting rewritten. He's usually said to be an irradiated beast of prehistoric origins, but the specifics vary from movie to movie. One thing that's remained consistent, however, is Godzilla's physical toughness. On screen, the behemoth is practically invincible. But have you ever wondered how, or if, a beast with Godzilla's dimensions would function in real life? And what kind of animal would Godzilla be anyway? For the article this episode is based on, HowStuffWorks spoke with Kenneth Carpenter, now a retired paleontologist who was director of the Utah State University Eastern Prehistoric Museum when HowStuffWorks spoke with him via email in 2019. He took a stab at that second question in a 1998 essay that he wrote for the official Godzilla compendium. Traditionally, the monster has been identified as a theropod dinosaur. All carnivorous dinos, like, for example, Tyrannosaurus rex, are classified as theropods. So are birds. Now, Godzilla's skull looks short and blunt for a theropod. He also tends to be depicted with four fingers per hand, And he's got multiple rows of bony, vertically-oriented plates running down his back and tail. Using these features, Carpenter tentatively assigned Godzilla to Ceratosauria, a primitive theropod subgroup. A few Ceratosaurians had backs, like Godzilla's, studded with osteoderms, uh, that is, bony deposits embedded in the skin. And certain species had shortened skulls to boot. And there was another key feature that helped the Ceratosaurians stand out. A carpenter explained that while some theropods had three, two, or even one-fingered forelimbs, the more primitive subgroups, like the ceratosaurians, had four or more digits per hand. A house of works also spoke via email with Victoria Arbor, an armored dinosaur expert who's the curator of paleontology at the Royal British Columbia Museum. In a 2014 blog post, Arbor made the case that the king of the monsters might not be a dinosaur at all, maybe he's got more in common with crocodiles. Crocs, alligators, and their prehistoric kin form a reptilian clade called the pseudosuchian. Arbor noted that osteoderms and four-fingered hands are more commonly seen in pseudosuchians than they are in theropods, so perhaps Godzilla belongs to the former group. Speaking of digits, let's check out Godzilla's feet. In most of the original Japanese movies, the big guy has a plantigrade stance. That means he walks flat on his feet like humans. Conversely, digitigrade animals, such as dogs, walk on their toes while keeping their heels off the ground. No known dinosaur, theropod or otherwise, was similarly flat-footed. Arbor said, Living crocodilomorphs are plantigrade, but the jury is still out on whether or not all pseudosuchians were plantigrade especially those that were bipedal. However, for the 2014 American Maid movie, Godzilla's feet underwent a dramatic redesign. Arbor said, I think you could make the argument that Godzilla 2014 has tortoise-like feet, and many tortoises are also digitigrade in a manner similar to elephants, with a large heel pad supporting upright toes. She also pointed out that while, quote, almost all bipedal dinosaurs only had three weight bearing digits per foot, this version of Godzilla keeps, quote, at least four toes on the ground. Truly huge land animals, such as the long necked dinosaurs, have column shaped digitigrade feet. Those limbs are really efficient at supporting massive body weights. And so, if Godzilla was a real creature, we'd probably expect him to have digitigrade hind limbs even though a 2017 study claimed plantigrade animals can swing their arms more forcefully in combat, and Godzilla sure loves combat. But it's doubtful that Godzilla could physically walk on dry land, no matter what his feet looked like. works also spoke via email with paleontologist Donald Henderson. He said, Getting Godzilla to stand upright and still would be a complete non-starter. Its bones would not be able to support its body weight, and its heart would be unable to pump blood to the head. This is mostly due to what's called the square-cube law. When you scale an object up, its mass increases more sharply than its surface area. Double the height, weight, and length of a wooden cube, and you'll also have made the thing eight times heavier than it was before. But how would Godzilla fare underwater? Henderson works at Canada's Royal Terrell Museum and tackles physics-related questions about extinct animals. In 2018, he used computer modeling to test the hypothesis that Spinosaurus, a theropod with a large sail on its back, was built for swimming. He found that the deep overall body shape of this fin-backed animal would have made the dinosaur prone to tipping over as it swam. So would Godzilla's osteoderms put him at the same risk? Henderson doesn't think so. By his calculations, the backplates on Stegosaurus, a Jurassic herbivore who influenced Godzilla's design, only represented 17% of that dinosaur's overall body mass. Meanwhile, Godzilla's plates appear to make up an even smaller fraction of the kaiju's total mass, so Henderson suspects they wouldn't cause him to tip over during swimming. Still, as a marine animal, Godzilla would face plenty of other problems, Seagoing creatures tend to be streamlined. With his jagged osteoderms and chunky legs, Godzilla is anything but. Therefore, he'd need to expend lots of extra energy in order to propel himself through the water. Henderson explained, The best option for Godzilla to swim would be to undulate its body and tail to produce waves that travel down the body. Think of how crocodiles and salamanders swim when they want to move quickly. They fold their arms and legs close to the body and use sideways motions to push back against the water and get a forward thrust. By the way, semi-aquatic behavior was, and still is, widespread among the Pseudosuchians. On the other hand, there's no proof that any non-bird theropod was habitually amphibious. Yet, some of them did take the occasional dip. In Utah, there's a series of 190-million-year-old tracks made by theropods whose toes barely scraped the ground as they swam along. For his part, Carpenter disagrees with the Pseudosuchian identity argument. Since theropods could clearly swim, he thinks Godzilla's seagoing ways don't preclude the monster from being a bona fide dinosaur. Furthermore, as we've seen, the kaiju does share a lot of traits with the ceratosaurians. If he's not a member of that group, then his ancestors probably evolved all of those features independently. This scenario is certainly plausible. It's a phenomenon called convergent evolution. But Carpenter thinks the similarities between Godzilla and theropod dinos are probably too numerous to be coincidental. Carpenter said, we already know that Dr. Yamane, a character from the 1954 movie, declared the original Godzilla a dinosaur. And since he was on site, I'll take his word. Today's episode is based on the article, Is Godzilla a Dinosaur? on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Mark Mancini. Brainstuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.